0: And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and always, we're working on your financial freedom. Friends, I want to tell you something. Real estate is easy. People are difficult. Remember that. That's a delism that I've had for a long time. Real estate is easy. People are difficult. Making a lot of money is easy. People are difficult. Retiring rich is easy. People are difficult. And why are people difficult? And by the way, who are the difficult people? The difficult people are all of us. They're all whacked out in our own belief systems. Most people, and I see this all the time, I go out and it just really, is interesting to me as I watch people everywhere I go and I notice that almost everybody out there is living a life of quiet desperation now what is your quiet desperation well maybe it's your body weight you know I see families where the husband weighs 300 pounds the wife weighs 250 300 pounds and these are little five-foot tall Hispanic people I mean you go you get into the other cultures that are taller people these people are weighing 2 and 3 and 400 pounds but what's sad is their kids are in first grade second grade third grade they already weigh 200 pounds their life is miserable you say well Del, how can you judge that because i know what it's like to be fat it's miserable it's a miserable way to feel it's a miserable way to look it's a miserable way to live life then i see people out there that don't have any money and their life is miserable you say, well, no, money doesn't, isn't everything. No, money isn't everything. Air isn't everything. But if you don't have it, you sure want it. Food isn't everything. But if you don't have it, you sure want it. And money's like everything else in life. If you don't have it, you want it. Money makes the world go round. So some people have it, some people don't. But those who don't generally are very unhappy. What is the largest cause of divorce in America? arguments over finances children are second and there are some people are living another life of misery they've raised all these kids they have all these kids they didn't intend to have or maybe even they intended to have but they didn't realize it now their entire life is raising kids there's nothing left for them their entire life is dominated controlled manipulated by that and you go on down the line you can pick whatever the pain is just hey i got a terrible marriage you guys, i see people i meet people they're just miserable You know, you see people cheating on their spouse. How could you cheat on your spouse? That's a ridiculous thing. If you don't like your spouse, get rid of your spouse. Don't cheat on your spouse, but they can't. Because they can't break out of the box that they're living in because the pain of doing that, the work that it would take to change their life is too great, they don't want to do it. And so as I go down this list of reasons people live these lives of quiet desperation, you're sitting there listening to this either in the comfort or maybe in uncomfortable of traffic and you're living a life of quiet desperation because you're sitting in bumper to bumper traffic listening to this, knowing you're going to a job that's really not ever going to make you rich, that maybe you like and maybe you hate, but it's the monotony of it. Even if you like it, it's every day getting up and putting on the clothes driving the same route and getting to work and going through the same garbage every single day. And then coming home, again, the traffic. The routine, getting home, the routine at home. Where is the fun and the excitement of when you were a kid and when you, instead of coming home to see your wife and just go through the routine and, oh, my God, the bills and the kids and the this and the that, you go, honey, boom, let's go out. You know, in the position I'm in, and I'm not trying to, to impress you with my life, I'm just telling you about the opportunities in the world. I wake up every day and I look at Melissa and I say, hey, what do you want to do today? Where do you want to go? Is there something new we haven't tried? A new restaurant, a new movie, a new place to go, a new vacation? What do you want to do today? But most people say, what do we have to do today? Because they don't own their own life. Their life is owned by others. And so I ask you this question. It's a very important question. Who owns, controls, and manipulates your life? Do you? I would suggest to you that there's three different types of lifestyles in this world. And the three different types of lifestyles are a choice. The first choice is to live dependent. What are you dependent on? You're dependent on your job. You're dependent on your family. You're dependent on your religion. You're dependent on your uh, health you're dependent on all these things that you've worked up in your mind, control and manipulate you. You know, I'd love to do that, but I just, I don't have enough energy. I'd love to do that, but I just can't physically do it anymore. You know, Hey, I'd love to do that, but my wife just doesn't enjoy that at all. I wanted to come to your program and get rich, but no, my spouse said, no way. It's just, we're not going to go do another crazy thing. It's unbelievable. It can't possibly be true. Who controls and manipulates your life? And why do you let them control and manipulate your life? And hey, maybe that's the right thing to do for you because you don't want to take control of your life. You don't want to live life at its grandest possibilities. You don't, otherwise you take control. But you don't want to take control. You're letting other people control and manipulate you and you're living under the thumb of a life of quiet desperation. And I say, Del, this sounds so depressing. It is depressing. (laughs) I, I sit outside and I look at it and I go, man, I couldn't be that person. Never in a million years would I let myself be in that position. doesn't matter how much money I have. doesn't matter what I am. What I have, I am not going to let myself be in that position where I'm controlled and manipulated by other people and other things and other places and all this kind of stuff. You have a choice in life. To live one of three ways. And the first way is to be dependent. When I was younger, I was dependent. I had a psycho mother that was a drug addict. Wouldn't work. Stayed at home all day and smoked cigarettes, drank alcohol, and took prescription drugs. Laid on the couch and did nothing and made me clean the house and cook and take care of my sister. Like little slaves. Because she in her mind was sick. Oh, I'm sick. You should care about me. You should worry about me. Until I found freedom in reading books about how to be free, how to find freedom in an unfree world by Brown, Harry Brown. Good book, you should pick it up sometime. How I found freedom in an unfree world. Where everybody else in this world wants to control and manipulate you. Pulling Your Own Strings by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Another great book I read when I was a kid. And one day I just said to my mother, Mom, your sickness is your problem. You could stop smoking, you could stop drinking, and you could stop taking those drugs. If you're physically unhealthy, you could get back in shape. You just don't want to. You like being the person that everybody pities. You wanna be pitied. That's the way you get your attention. I'm just not gonna do it anymore. I'm not gonna be a slave to your desires to control and manipulate my life. And that was my first real exertion of my free will. And I remember my dad came home. He was upset. You talked to your mother that way. I said, I sure did. And I'm going to talk to that way to you too, because you're not going to make me live the same miserable life you're living. Just because your parents grew up in a life that was terrible, a life of total, total, total pain and suffering, you don't have to. You know, when I was young, we were smart enough to move out of a bad city, Ferguson, Missouri, where there's all these gangs and all this wars and all this fighting, and we moved away. Any other family in that neighborhood could spit in their car and move away. But they don't. Their affiliation to their family, to their gang, to their neighborhood, that affiliation is the most important thing to them. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about a couple things. Number one, how to move from dependency to independency. And that move is going to sound terrible to you because it's going to sound unhappy and mean. To give up on all the people out there that control and manipulate you sounds like you're a bad person. And then I'm going to show you once you're free all the wonderful things you can do to help other people. And then you're going to become the third lifestyle, which is interdependent. Where if you are totally free, you now have the freedom to choose to do good things. Whereas before in your life, you had no freedom to choose that. you got to get up and go to work. It's Monday, guys. You're going to work. There is no charity in your life today. we take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. You're listening
0: to the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Dell Wamsley on Having a Plan. The year
2: I got cancer and could not work for eight months, I lost 50 pounds. I want to tell you that I made $4 million that year. I made more that year than any year I'd ever made previous to that in my life. And I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that to impress upon you. I didn't go to work for eight months. That's a plan.
0: Create your plan at Lifestyles Unlimited's live online free workshop So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Austin's Talk
0: 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dell Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show today. We're talking about transforming your life. Now, making money in real estate, that's an easy thing to do. I can teach you that in a couple, two days. Give me two days and I'll teach you enough to go out and make money in real estate. I can talk about it, can answer questions about it, but it doesn't do you any good. You can have all these, there's a thousand guys that are teaching real estate programs out there, uh, a thousand guys out there that do radio shows. Uh, they're, they're all over the place. But what I'm trying to do in my life, since I've been lucky enough to become massively successful, is to give back what really makes the difference. And the difference is not knowing how to do real estate. Yes, we know how to do real estate and at Lifestyles we do it better than anybody else. How do we know that? For the last 11 years we've won not only local and state contests, we won the National Apartment Association Real Estate Investor of the Year Award. 11 years in a row now we've won multiple awards everywhere. Tons of them. Uh, Nobody else can prove that kind of track record. It's not out there. So it's a known quantity. We've got more members than any other membership group. That's a known quantity. Uh, We've been in business longer than everybody else without going out of business and having somebody try to take us out. That's a known quantity. But all of those known quantities don't get you here to do something about your life if you don't realize that you are sitting there living this life of quiet desperation. And there's different degrees, don't get me wrong. Some of you are living just a little bit of desperation. Some of you are just really almost ready to shoot yourself. That's that much desperation. And there's everything in between. But what I want to talk about now is that I talk about there's three ways to live your life. Either dependent, which is total desperation, or independent, totally free. You make the decisions in your life. No one else makes the decisions. You make the decisions. Other people make decisions around you. Yeah, they control the laws and they control the rules. They control the economics of the country, but they don't control you. You can just be like fluid, you're liquid. They can throw rocks at you and the water just goes around the rocks. In fact, if water rolls over rocks long enough, rocks give away. Water always wins. And you have that fluidity in your life that you can do whatever you want to do. So if somebody moves your cheese, as the book says, Who Moved My Cheese? If somebody changes the rules on you, you can change. And friends, they have changed the rules on you financially. We talk about that all the time. They moved your cheese. Let me give an example. In 1970, if you would have retired a millionaire, and that would be hard to do in 1970 because money you know, was worth more then. Uh, than it is now, but let's say you had that million dollars, you could buy CDs at 15%, and you could earn 150,000 bucks a year, which back then would be a lot of money. But today, if you save that million dollars, you're going to earn a half a percent, maybe one percent. At the most, which means your savings account is paying you less than a half percent. I think it's about a third of a percent the average savings account. Let's say half a percent. That's 5000 bucks a year. Can you survive on $5,000 a year? Let's say you double that and you get a 1% return. That's 10000 a year. That's nowhere near that 150000 a year. And that's 40, 50 years ago that it was 150000 Today, that money probably doesn't mean anywhere near as much. So yes, they moved your cheese, guys. But they threw a rock in your way. You can go around that rock. But first, before you can do that, you have to make the decision to be free. You have to take back your life from corporate America. You have to buy it back from corporate America. You have to buy it back from everybody else's control and manipulating it. Now, I used to have this deal when I dated women. and I've been... With Melissa now for 11 years, and so there's no dating in my future anymore. But I actually did this with Melissa, and every time I'd meet a girl, I'd say, "Let's talk about the five things in life that you can prioritize." And you know, after I'd sit down and have this conversation with them, I could tell you exactly who they were and what they were going to do and how the relationship was going to come out, because you can tell what motivations people have, you can tell what they're gonna do. Especially you can tell what they're gonna fail at. That's an important factor. Because people's failures are what stopped them from getting ahead. Every self-help guru out there, every single one I've ever met says, failure is the way to succeed. If you're not failing enough, you're not succeeding enough, you're not failing enough. I don't believe that at all. I don't consider the fact that I, I went out there to become a, a bodybuilder and I was a second place the first time and a first place the second time. I don't consider the first time a failure. I consider that a result and the result was closer and closer and closer to where I want to be. That's not failure. Failure is a type A personality that throws mud on the wall and that doesn't work and that doesn't work and that doesn't work and that doesn't work. And that's what type A's do. Most self-help people are type A's. They want to tell you just to go throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and maybe one of them will stick And If one of them sticks, man, you made it. That's a type A personality telling you how to be successful. Now that's not the way most conservative intellectually-based people become successful. We, the intellectually-based conservative people of this world, we make moves. We take actions. We reevaluate the effectiveness of that action and adjust our actions. That's not failure. These failures want to tell you it's failure. I failed a thousand times and then I got lucky and made one work. That is not success, folks. That is failure upon failure upon failure, and what happens is eventually, they fail one into something that works, they make a little bit of money, but most of the people can't keep the money. You end up seeing them getting trouble with lawsuits and family relationships and business problems because they don't have a foundation for life. When I meet people, I ask them these five items, and I can figure out who they are and how they're gonna fail. Prioritize these five items in your life, and one of them religion, one of them is country, state, city, we'll call it civics. How do you feel about your civic responsibilities? The next one is family responsibilities, the next one is financial responsibilities, and the, the next one is health, fitness, happiness and fun. In other words, yourself. Now, I look at people and I say, those people are gonna fail. I can tell you which way they're gonna fail. Let's take a person who believes family's the most important thing. When I came out of the the slums, family was the only thing. They didn't believe in the civic opportunities because they didn't believe the government was on their side. They thought the cops were against them. They didn't have any money, so they didn't feel money was important. Most of them were obese and out of shape. I mean, tragically obese and out of shape. Fitness and... Being healthy and good looking had nothing to do with their lives at all. They all looked terrible, felt terrible. So family was all they had. So how did they fail? They would go out into the world and they couldn't get along with society. They had no civic responsibility. They might even be big with God. And they would ask God to continually get them out of the problems they're in. God, please take this away. I got into all these problems. Help me, God. And it's like God was like a bank account. They'd go to him for deposits, you know, withdrawals. And you keep withdrawing and withdrawing and withdrawing. You know, hey, God's gonna save me. But the bank account runs out. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back with the Del Wamseo Radio show. T-Mobile has invested
0: billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. Talk 1370, the right choice. Conventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today I've been talking about how to become free, um, and not just financially free, but totally free and independent of the world, controlling, dominating, manipulating you from all ways, shapes, sizes. Um, and I talked about the five values. And these five values that you value in your life determine what your life is going to be like. Or another way to look at it is each one of these values is going to control and manipulate your life. In other words, the more importance you put on any one of these, the more it's going to eat up your life. Now, let's take a second and let's realize this. When we talk about morality, there's everybody's morality from top to bottom either you believe in God in which case God is everything or you don't believe in God at all in which case God is nothing that's a giant circle you can't figure out where that circle begins or ends you can say religion gives us all of our good morals but then you can see that religion is probably the main reason for almost every world war there ever was and mutilation torture rape is all you know cloaked under religion. And so you could fight that argument that religion is the worst thing on earth. And then you could say, well, it isn't religion. Religion is man-made, but God, and say, well, then if God is God, why did he let all this bad stuff happen? And so religion is one of those things you can't come up with an answer with. It is just what you believe, but if you believe it strongly enough, it will control and manipulate your life. I had a girlfriend one time, I was dating, and she had a sister that was a devout Catholic, I remember talking to her about self-help. She thought what I did was teaching people to be successful was ridiculous because she had this belief that came from the Bible that God had what she called the book of life. She goes, God has already written my story in the book of life. And it's not going to change. No matter how much man tries to manipulate what God has intended for me, he's got a plan for me, and I'm just going to go ahead and let it happen. I'm going to throw myself to God and let him control and manipulate everything that comes to my life. Well, needless to say, she doesn't have much of a life, you know, because she's sitting there waiting, which reminds me of the story of the guy who was uh, sitting there in a flood and, The sheriff drives by and says, you know, hey, you got to get out of here, man. This place is going to flood. And he goes, no, I'm a devout believer in Jesus Christ. I'm going to wait. He's going to take care of me. So the the sheriff drives away in his Jeep and comes back later in a boat. And the water had already, you know, filled up the first floor of this guy's house. He's in the second floor. And the sheriff goes, you got to get in the boat, man. You got to get out of here because there's a crest that's going to happen. It's going to go right over the top of your house. He goes, no, I'm a devout believer in Jesus Christ. He'll take care of me. So he doesn't get get in the boat. And the sheriff has to go save other people. And he leaves finally. Sheriff comes back in a helicopter and the guy's sitting on the top of his roof. The water's all the way up to the roof. And he's sitting there and the sheriff drops the rope ladder down and says, climb up the ladder, climb up the ladder. And the guy goes, no, I'm a devout believer in Jesus Christ. He will take care of me. And then, <laughs> the wave hit and the guy was gone. So the guy's sitting up at the pearly gates talking to St. Peter. He goes, I don't understand it. Here I am, one of your most devout believers. Why didn't you take care of me? And the guy looked at him and goes, take care of you. We sent you a jeep, a boat, and a helicopter. What the heck do you expect us to do? See, somewhere along the line, folks, no matter whether you believe in religion or not, you have to take action. You have to take advantage of the resources that are surrounding you. Because maybe you believe God created the resources, but God didn't tell you what to do with the resources. He left that up to you. So, some people that have religion tied around their neck, they can't do anything because they're waiting for God to do it for them. So, here's what I want to tell you. Since there's no way for your morals, my morals, or Germans' morals, or Muslims' morals, or Christians' morals, anybody's morals to make any sense to everybody else, I gave up the religious morality thing and I came up with something completely different. I came up with the concept that every decision in life has consequences and you need to decide are the consequences good or bad. Is this an effective action or is this an ineffective action? And ultimately you become a thief and start robbing, the ultimate end in that is not because God said do not steal it's because you're going to get your butt thrown in jail someday. See, that's an ineffective way to live your life. Ultimately, it's ineffective. It may on the short term be effective. And so on and so forth, you can make all these decisions. Working for your entire life, saving, living on a budget is ultimately an effective way to live your life if you want to be able to retire or if you ever want to be rich or ever want to be financially successful you ever want to have stuff to give away. Remember. When you go out there and you become effective, you're effective for everyone. Now, you may not think that that's effective because your position in life says it's not effective. You have a moral that you want to throw on everybody else. So let's say that you're a Democrat and you say welfare is good. And a Republican turns around and goes, no, welfare is enslaving millions of black people around this country. Enslaving them to never want to be anything more than they are, to make them dependent on government programs. And so the Republicans believe that you're actually hurting somebody by giving them welfare money, and the Democrats really believe that they're helping somebody. Well, why are the, why are the Democrats doing it? Because they want power over these people. Because they want their votes, so they have power over everybody, right? So you go back and forth with these things. What is right and what is wrong? And I actually say, well, what is effective? Has the welfare system been effective or not? I'll let you judge that. Um, I have my opinions, but this is not about opinions today. This is not about morals. This is about starting to think effectively and starting to use logic to make decisions in your life. You know, you can have empathy and have logic. Now, you can't have sympathy and have logic. Sympathy means, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you and your situation. Empathy means, hey, I totally understand where you're coming from, that's terrible, your life's terrible, and I understand how you got there. I have a lot of empathy for where you're at. It's, you know, you're in a tough situation. But I don't have any sympathy for you because you put yourself in that situation, right? That's just the way you gotta look at it. So I sat down and did this little test, which I gave to everybody, and I give everybody, when I meet them, my side of the equation. My analytical side of the equation says that number one most important thing in life is health. Health and fitness. See, Dell, that's ridiculous. No, it's not. Never believed I'd live past 65 because no male in my family lived past 65. I've got about eight different things wrong with me. Every time I go to the doctor, the doctor wants to do all these tests and everything. They tell me I'm dying four or five different kinds of things. You know, tell oh, you gotta stop doing this, you're dying to this, you're dying to this, you're dying to this. You know, and they won't say you're dying of it, but they're saying this is gonna lead to your death, right? And I'm thinking, what can I do? Right now I help thousands of people a day on the radio. Think about new lives. When I'm dead, what can I do? Now I'm writing some books and stuff. I'm I'm putting out material and manuals and stuff. I've replaced myself with other people to do consulting. I've got people to run my companies. So I've set all that stuff up. But what am I actually able to do more? What more can I produce once I'm dead? And the answer is nothing. If I'm sick in bed, what can I do? Very little. Health and fitness allows you to go out there and produce. Now, I'll take it one step further. Health and fitness is something else. Health and fitness allows you to love yourself. If you hate yourself, it's impossible to love other people. When I was a 200 pound fat kid, I hated everybody because I hated myself. My life was miserable. I got no love, no affection, no attention. So I equated health, fitness with not only that, but with beauty and beautiful kids in my school got everything they wanted. They got picked first for everything. They got all the accolades, all the attention, no matter how good they were at what they did, they still ended up getting all the attention accolades. And so I equated beauty and happiness to it. Once I became physically fit, I was a changed person. I now got all the same attention equally that everybody else did. And I also was happy about myself. Once I had happiness for myself, there was room for happiness for other people. There was room for love to other people. But until I was happy about me, until I was physically fit and had room to share, there was nothing of me to give because I had nothing. Health and fitness, beauty and happiness, the starting point for your entire life out there is to take care of you. Like they say in the airplane, if you got someone you need to take care of, put your mask on first and then theirs. We'll be right back with the Bill Wamsley explains how he found that speck of light that got him into the lifestyle. I had a guy used to come into the health club every day and work out for four hours a day, sit in the jacuzzi, swim, play, racquetball, was happy, looked great, tan all the time. And one day I just asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, "Dell, I own real estate. Well, do you own real estate? Register for our
0: live online free workshop and find out how you can get all the things you want out of life with passive income. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Brought to you by Lifestyle. Talk thirteen seven, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show, and I was talking today about how you could uh, identify a person's uh, future by how they prioritize their priorities in life. And I gave you five categories. And so I just thought it's only fair that I share out mine since I'm asking you to think about yours. Um, and mine is based on effectiveness. Health and fitness to me is very important because you can't be effective at anything else. Next one is money. And not for the reason you think money. Yeah, you need money to be able to... Uh, Help people. You need to take care of your family. You might want to, you know, tithe to your church. You're paying taxes to the government. Money makes the whole world go round. But I don't think that money is the second most important. For that reason, because I believe the way you get money is by helping people. And if you help enough other people in this world get what they need and want, then you can have whatever you want financially. Money is a scorecard for your effectiveness to help people. So you go well. I can be effective. I can go down to my church and I can feed people soup out of a soup bowl. Dude, that's not very effective. I don't know where anybody thinks that that kind of volunteering does anything. You could hire a person for minimum wage to serve up that soup. You could be out there making millions and giving them the food and the money to support that entire operation. Now that's somebody doing something. But you standing there serving up the soup, yeah, you're doing something, but it's not much. And so when I see people that are out there helping somebody, you, you create a rent house, clean, functional place to live. You've helped one family. They can't afford to go buy that house themselves. They can't afford to fix it up themselves. They don't have the ability to get a loan. They don't have the ability to maintain it. You're doing all that for them. You're helping somebody. But when you go out there and buy a 1,000-unit apartment complex, you're helping a 1,000 families. And that's why you're going to make a lot more money than owning one rent house because you're helping a lot more people. You say, well, if that really works that way, why are athletes and musicians so rich? Because they help tens of thousands of people at a time. You go out and watch one football game, and you've got 30,000 people in the auditorium, another million people watching it on TV, and they are getting the type of excitement in life that they can't buy themselves. There's no way they they were high school athletes, so they weren't, and they cheered on their their high school team and then their college team, but they're sycophants, they're armchair quarterbacks. There are people out there that have nothing in life except the vicarious experience, and these athletes are giving them that vicarious experience. You see, when a team wins, like the Houston Astros won this year, people go crazy. Two years, three years, four years ago, nobody even cared about the Astros. Nobody even knew who they were or even cared at all. But when they won, all of a sudden, everybody's an Astros fan. Because vicariously, you're important. We're important. You travel all over the country now, and you get out of the airport, or you stop at a bar, and you talk to somebody, Yeah, we're from Houston. oh, your Astros tore it up, yeah, our Astros. I have nothing to do with the Astros. I love the Rockets because I'm living vicariously. But really, I love them because they're so much fun to watch. I enjoy watching other teams that are that great. I enjoy the fact that somebody's figured out how to make that team win, right? But I enjoy it, and so I'm right there with everybody. I'm getting that vicarious high. I can't wait to the next game with this 15-game winning streak, right? Let's do it again. So... Being out there helping other people be happy, making other people's lives better, is how you produce money. And the more money you have, the more people you've helped. Even if bad people have money, they've done something that helps somebody. Now some of them have done bad things. And then what you have to say is, well, in that case, what's going to end up with them? right? In the long run, what's going to end up with them? They're cheating people and stealing from people. Ultimately. They're going to go down. Look at all this stuff right now that's going on about the Me Too system. I mean, all these people you never would have thought, all these liberals and religious people and important people, are all getting called out. So all that stuff they did is coming around to get them. Now, in the long run, you you, you receive what you've given. The next one is family. Family is your castle. You think about the old days... For people to feel safe, they built walls around themselves and they lived inside this castle and this was a group of people they could live with. And if anything went wrong, they'd go inside their castle and that was their protection. Your family is your protection. It's your love. It's your security. And if you pick the wrong family, the wrong wife, or you raise your kids incorrectly, your entire life will be miserable. The outside world could even be successful but the inside life could crumble it's two completely different lives and so if you have a wonderful interior life if the castle and the family are good as they say if the hen is happy you know everybody else is happy too whatever belief you have about how you make a family happy if the family is happy and supportive then outside real world is just out there You battle with them, you go outside the gates, and maybe you get slain every time. Maybe you get your butt kicked, but when you come home, you're the king of your own castle. That's an important thing. Now, the next one I don't take any affiliation with at all, and that is civic groups. I don't believe that the government has anything good in mind for us. I believe most of the people running almost every level of government is corrupt. Now, there are a few people that aren't, take my word, I'm not saying every person, but I'm saying a very large percentage of people who run the governments are corrupt. They want to inflict their values on us, control, manipulate, dominate us the way they want. Now, if you're a libertarian, then you're not that kind of person. You're saying, as a government person, I want to make everybody leave us alone. The quality of life is not the amount of power given to the government. It's the amount of power government gives back to the people. I've heard that on the radio many times, and I believe it. So the bottom line is, folks. We come back to God, that's either number one or or not at all. That's the whole full circle. There's no answer to that. Remember this though, there is three choices. Dependency, independency, or being out there helping other people be happy and living great lives. And that's interdependency. My goal for you is to become independent so someday you can become interdependent with the world. But until you're independent, You cannot be interdependent and give back. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: show teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained join us seven days a week can't get enough visit dell to listen to the dell Wamsley radio show access past show podcasts and join the conversation